everyone, you're probably thinking, where has she been? Listen, it has been so wild and crazy. And, um, and I've been sort of off the grid a little bit, but I'm back on the grid. And what other person, the person that you see next to me to be back on the grid with, I'm going to introduce our guest, our co-host in one second. But let me just remind you, because it's been a little while of who in the world I am and what we're doing here. So this is the Creating Space podcast. And the intention for me is to make space for neurodiverse individuals and all those who have the honor of walking this journey with them. I am, yes, no other than Dr. Joy Bell, and I'm the founder and the CEO of Gray Space Consulting. Just remember, we serve neurodiverse individuals, their families, organizations, all the things that have to do with these wonderful individuals. And so that's what we do. So the goal is to provide uh, personalized support as, as we walk this journey together. So now, now, enough about me. That's too much about me anyway. Let's introduce our co-host today. Can you wave to the folks, Dr. Echo? Hello. There we are. So one of my favorite folks and, you know, I met Dr. Echo on LinkedIn and we just like, we hit it off. It's like, okay, I love this. Oh, let's talk. So that's how we came to this space. And so I'm looking forward to our conversation here. So uh, Dr. Echo is the mother of three lovely children. She is integrative uh, pediatrician and CEO. Remember I told y'all what that is. That means she's responsible for everything if it goes right or wrong. That's her. She's the CEO of Glow Pediatrics and a TEDx speaker, um, partners with parents of children with ADHD, that's my thing, and autism. And she addresses the root causes of their children's behavior and boosts their brain health using integrative medicine. She's not done yet. Let me tell y'all, this is a busy woman. She is also the CEO of Kits of Hope, and that's a 5013C organization sharing love, sharing hope and dignity with children in foster care. So after sustaining brain injuries, um, she was told, and you know, there's always something that someone tells you, right? And you just like, okay, you told me that this is what's happening. She was told that it was impossible to become a pediatrician, but guess what? She is, she has, and she is phenomenally well in all that she does. She uses her experiences of thriving, which she's mastered with obstacles to help children with ADHD and autism and children in foster care to see themselves, right? As capable of fulfilling their dreams. She has been the host. She's not done. I told y'all, you just sit down and wait here. She has been the host of Brain Power TV show on Austin Channel 11 and a former radio host of the Brain Power show on KEYB 107.9. She has spoken to the UN Youth Program, Ghana on the effects of adverse childhood experiences, She's been featured in Authority Magazine, Business Insider, BuzzFeed, and Thrive Global, multiple podcasts such as Healthy Fit and Uplifted Webinar, Doctors Abound, The On-Air Advocate, Motherhood, Melanin, and Medicine. I want you to welcome to Creating Space, none other than Dr. Hoki Echo. Welcome. Thank you so much. My pleasure to be here. Such an honor to be here with you, Dr. Joy. You are amazing. And I love what you're doing to help all the children and their families do better. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think our work works so well together. Um, there's been a lot of conversation here of late of, does ADHD even exist? Is it a thing? Are we making this up? Well, we know we're not making it up, but we do know that there's so many factors that are involved in autism and ADHD and how to best serve those families, how to best provide um, therapy and all the things. So I was just fascinated by your TED talk. I was fascinated by your research. And so I just want to get right into it. Is that okay with you? 
Absolutely. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about how ADHD and brain health, how that works together, Dr. Echo? And can you tell us how, what do you, how does that show up in the work that you do that you're passionate about every day? Yes. So the way I, I look at brain health and the reason I decided to focus on brain health is because we often talk about, okay, let's talk about the health of all of you, right? Or, or let's talk about your heart. Let's talk about your tummy. Let's talk about all of these things. But we never, we don't always talk about the actual organ called the brain, right? And that's what drives all of us. And so if we don't, if we don't focus on how can we keep our brains healthy, then we're really not healthy. We can do all the other things, take all the other medications and all of that. But it really would help because in the end, this is not healthy and this drives you. So how can you show up as the best version of yourself if this is unhealthy, right? So how, how does that play a part to ADHD? So ADHD is a brain-based disorder, right? So that means definitely we need to be looking at the brains of the children. How can we optimize their health so that they can show up as the best version of themselves so that they can heals from whatever it is that's causing their behaviors so that they can thrive, so that their families can do better. Because of course, we all know when, when there's some issue with a kid, it affects the whole family, right? And so the way I look at brain health and the way I look at ADHD is, let's look at what's causing the behavior. In my research, in my experience, I found that it's not just the, there are some myths about ADHD, right? The kid is just unruly. The child doesn't want to listen. The child is spoiled. The child is misbehaving. They can control themselves when that's not necessarily true because again, we're talking about the brain, right? So yes, to some degree, it's we have control over our brains, but then if there's other things like the environment, like the food we eat, if those things are off, like the health of our gut, if all of those things are off, then there is no way this child will be able to overcome all of that and then be the model child you want. So when I say that, I mean, so for example, I'll give you an experience. I met, uh, I met a four-year-old, right? And he came into my office, he was in foster care, brought into my office, and I was told, he has ADHD. Like I was literally told he has ADHD. Yeah, like just give him medication. And first of all, I'm like, he's four. So how can we differentiate between a four-year-old, a normal four-year-old and oh, wow, he has ADHD, right? So, but the interesting thing that this little boy did was every time he would bounce off the walls and yes, he was bouncing off the walls. I agreed. In my office, he would run around and then come up to me and give me a hug. Like he gave me 15 hugs. I was in there for like 15 minutes and I got at least 15 hugs. And so I was like, okay, there's something else going on. And then I take into consideration that he has spent, he has been in 10 homes in six months. Now tell me if you had been in 10 stranger homes, AKA foster care in six months, what would you do with yourself? You would either be like not talking to anybody or you would be bouncing off the walls as well. Right. And so I had just started to learn about trauma and I was like, this kid has been traumatized. I mean, that's the reason he was even in my office was because of actual trauma from the last home. So I'm like, how can I just hand him meds and not address anything else? So I heard myself telling the worker, 
find him a loving home. Even I thought I was like, what are you talking about, right? And then the worker looked at me like I was crazy. And he's like, what? You're not giving him meds? I'm like, no, I'm not giving him meds. Find him a loving home and let me see him in a few months. You will not believe it. This kid came back in a few months, like four months. And he said hi to me. He gave me one hug. And he sat on the laps of this foster father. That's really great that he was calling Papa. There was no bouncing off the walls. There was nothing else. The kid sat there the whole 15 minutes and then say a peep. So I was like, oh, wait, where did the ADHD go? Yes. Oh, I know. And, I, and I, I say that because to your point about the whole is ADHD real and all of that, we have to take into consideration all of the other factors. So trauma can mask as ADHD, like the symptoms okay. of ADHD, which is the hyperactivity and all of that, that you see with children, inability to focus, they get, um, they can't um, follow directions, all of those things. Trauma can do that because trauma affects the brain. Trauma affects the frontal lobe of the brain. I'm going to so stop you because (laughs) I somehow miss this. And I have a great friend who's a um, uh, psychologist and she shared the same thing with me. And she said, Joy, trauma can mask. And oftentimes, and I'm like, it just totally, it, it missed me somehow. And I thought if it, if it missed me, how many other people that can, that it can miss and we can wrongly diag- misdiagnose kids and not dig a little deeper, right? Dig mm-hmm. a little deeper. So talk, talk a little bit more about trauma and what that looks like and how that can present as ADHD. Okay. So Lots of research has been done on the areas of the brain that trauma affects. And a lot of times it affects the frontal lobe. The frontal lobe of your brain right here is what controls our emotions, is what controls our ability to, to execute exec, like our executive functioning, meaning we can follow directions, we can complete tasks. That's what it affects. It affects our focus. That's all controlled by the frontal lobe of the brain. And if you have a child who's been exposed to trauma, over and over and over, now their body is in a state of always being on guard, like I have a flight, I'm, I, yes. I need to escape, the, the beer is here in my house, yes. like the beer is no longer outside the door, right, scaring you, now the beer lives with you, like you live with the beer and you have no choice, so your body is always on alert, and over time, that starts to, that that's not how our bodies were designed, right, so over time, all of those um, cortisol, all those high levels of cortisol and the other hormones that keep us ready to fight and to flee now start to affect the way our brain functions. So trauma literally will change the way your brain works. So if we don't address it and we just label these kids and land and put them on medication, then what? After the medication wears off, we still have the kid who's still traumatized, whose brain will still not work, who's still being exposed to the trauma. So we really, and don't, don't feel bad that you missed it. I, I, I didn't hear about it in my training either. <laughs> so this is just something that has been coming up over the last few years. And, and I accidentally stumbled upon it. So, and I'm like, oh my Lord, can you imagine how many kids have given medications? I mean, not even, that's not, it doesn't mean that they, it won't help them. Maybe in, if they do have ADHD, it just means we need to ask the questions. We need to ask the questions. What else can we change in this child's environment or help this child with to actually help their brains heal? Because our brains can heal. This is called neuroplasticity. It can renew itself, but we have to give it the chance to do that, right? Like, I think, I think as an educator, one of the things 
um, as an educator leader, as an educational leader, you know, you'd have kids in rooms and, and I love teachers. Like I'm a teacher advocate. So those of you who listen, don't think that I'm coming in on teachers, but the bottom line is we are in the classroom responding to the behaviors. Like we just want them to be quiet. We just want them to sit down. We just want them not to be disrupting. And so that's like, let's just quiet them down. But as you said, you know, you can quiet them down that mind with the medication and stop the behavioral presentations of whatever's going on. But there's still that child that's inside. It's like, so are we, are we really getting after all that is going on with them? We're, we're, we're quieting them for eight hours. They're sitting in that seat. We don't have to worry about behavioral things showing up, but what happens when that same child at home at about three, four o'clock and that medication is, has worn off and they're like, I mean, they are ready to, to like go. And now the mom is like, what do I do? Right. And so I think a lot of times just not knowing when I would talk with families, it's like the medic medicating them. So almost like they're comatose and, and you just remove the light that would just make my heart just so sad right. to remove the light out of that child's eyes. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, we, the, the, the goal from the way we are trained as physicians is not to medicate them that much, but I have seen parents asking for more and more medicine. I had a kid that was on medication for morning, for afternoon, for evening, for sleep. And he, she wanted more. And I was like, absolutely no more. Actually, I need to start taking some things off. And that's what those kinds of experiences made me start asking the questions. Isn't there more? Like there has to be something else going on here. And there's there's mainstream research that shows food affects children with hyperactivity, like the food they eat. The food is full of dyes. That will, that all, everything you put in your mouth goes here. So you always have to say, am I showing my brain love by what I'm about to eat? Because oh, it will end up here. And stop, 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 stop. You said, am I showing my brain love? Love, yes. By what I'm putting in my mouth. Yes. And I wonder, I know I'm a parent, like you're a parent. It takes a lot of energy and time and sometimes money to really give attention to the food that your children, because we're like, we're all over like, okay, let's just go to McDonald's. Let's just get number three because I'm busy. I just came from a meeting or whatever. But right. when you really sit down and think if, if I take some time yes. with this, like this could totally radically transform not only my own brain, mm-hmm. um, what, what's happening with me as an adult, but, but my, but this, my, this, this child, my child's brain, it's worth the effort to know if I'm, am I giving my brain love? I love that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because your brain will show love back to you when you take care of it, it will take care of you. And yeah, I mean, so for example, I I taught my five, my now five-year-old when she was three, I taught her that blueberries are God's candy. So she's not looking for candy because there's none in the house. (laughs) That's the other thing, right? Parents, we say, don't eat that, but it's present. What are they going to do? They're going to eat it. So just eliminate just small things like candy. I mean, all that sugar, it acts on the brain like the way drugs do. That's why, and then the, your kid is addicted to sugar. And then your kid is flying all over the walls and you're wondering why. So I always tell parents, just start somewhere small. And it's like the small things add up over time. And we have to also be the ones to model the behavior, right? So if we're guzzling down on the sodas and we're like, don't drink it, it's bad for your brain. And we're, the we're like, um, where's, where's my Coke? Where's my vanilla Coke? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I think so. that's, a, that's a challenge too, Dr. Echo is, is the modeling because it really is. 
I believe, and I'm, I'm sure you see this in your work, like there's no, this is not a place where you want to say, do what I, I say and not what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not a good spot for that with, when you're talking about, because the result of that could be medication that your child doesn't need. Their mm-hmm. child doesn't need, like it's like, so the, the, when you weigh out the balance of, is it, I'm going to take sugar out of my house and my child may have be freaking out for about a week because they're coming off the sugar, right. but it's worth it than having to medicate my child to where the light is off in their eyes. Yes. I like that. Say that again. <laughs> see y'all, Dr. Echo likes some things that I see too. I'm so <laughs> it's worth it because we want to keep the light. I would always tell parents when I would meet with them and tour with them and the different things that I feel like my primary role is to keep the light on in your child's eyes. So for me as an educator, that was how they were taught and, and how we addressed the academics, but also the soul of the child. And you can see just like you can with an adult, when that light goes off and we're just, the child is just like robotically moving through, whether it's the medication or just, just all the things that they have to endure being in a category, uh, right. judge, the self-esteem, the low confidence, all the things that bu- bubble up because of what's happening with them externally, it's like, okay, I can sit down and decide. I love what you said about blueberries. That's God's candy. I'm going to use that for my 16 year old, Dr. Echo. I'm telling you that. Yeah. And I go, it's been a little time, but I'm, you know what? Blueberries, Dr. Echo said, is God's candy. <laughs> that's snicker down. Um, but you have to, you do, you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. We're, we're yeah. moms. Like, so we're not judging other, we're not judging. It's almost like you were just providing information. Like there is a path mm-hmm. forward. You don't have to yes. stay where you are with your child. If you're seeing evidences that something, we don't know yet what the something is. It could be trauma. It could be ADHD. It could be the food. It could so many different things, but it's worth it to stop. Do, yes. do you agree, Dr. Echo? Absolutely. Two million percent agree. <laughs> It's worth yes, it. absolutely. And there was something I, I, I've started um, talking with teachers. Um, like I, I have a talk I do with teachers about ADHD versus trauma. And there's something I told teachers is that children with ADHD or even trauma, they're actually three to five years behind developmentally. So when you see that third grade or the sixth grader who doesn't know how to use a planner, they really actually don't know how to use the planner and they really need your help. So it's not that they're being difficult. Because you have to remember, and 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 lots. I got feedback that that was something they didn't realize mm-hmm. is that the children are actually behind with the, the way their brains are working, developmentally. So you have to approach the child from that angle, and then that gives you empathy with how you're dealing with your child. I mean, it can also be true for parents. Parents need to know that as well. So you're you're have empathy and you're not yelling at the child because it just makes them shrink even more and then they feel worse about themselves and then they really don't even make the efforts to even do what it is you're asking right so all of these things is a cycle and we just that's that's I'm so thankful that I discovered that we need to look at the child as a whole child not just the symptom of the child right so and even Dr. Echo sometimes when I talk with parents and I work with them with gray space They'll say, well, my other, my daughter doesn't have this problem. And my daughter's able to, like in the morning, she gets up and she puts her clothes on and she remembers to get her homework. And sometimes even the comparison, because in the same home, you could have children, maybe there's not trauma. Maybe it is a legitimate, like this is a, a brain thing happening with them. And mm-hmm. even comparing the, the children <clears throat> to each other. It's like, right. you know, you have to, all of those things are, as you said before, it's just making that child, it's it's taking that light from them and it's making them feel 
worse when they already in many ways are different. They, they're different in the world. So as a parent, I always tell parents like your best bet is just to love on them. And if you need help, like if you're an overachiever and you don't understand why your child's not an overachiever, they're not just making A's because you just made A's when you were growing up and this wasn't a big deal to you. They're just, they're not you. Like yes. they're, they're not you. They're not a replication of you. I love me. Sometimes some people say, well, that's my mini me. Well, maybe in the nose or the eyebrows or whatever, but the human being is a whole different human yes. being, right? Yes. And I think sometimes when, when I meet with parents like Joy, you know, I'm coaching the children, but I'm also supporting the parents because <clears throat> the children are at a 10, but so are the parents. So we got to get everybody sort of give them, give them strategies to bring everyone down yes. that level of frustration yes. down. Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Because I see myself as not just a physician for the kids. I have kids actually tell me, is this my visit or is this visit for my mommy? I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> I need to talk to your mommy. It's for everybody. Everybody <laughs> you can be in one piece. <laughs> yes, it's for everybody who's touching. Right. Yeah, and so that's why I wrote my, the book that I will be coming out with soon, um, how, how Your Child Spells Love. Because yes. children spell love it, or they, they spell it in so many different ways, right? It's not just time. It's other things like, keep your eyes on me when I'm talking to you like small things like that that seem to be a thing of the past right because we're all like this now yes uh, nobody is paying attention so yeah it's so critical because if one person does better the whole family does better and so it's all parents and children we're all in this together we're all a team yes so, I think we, uh, we I are and I think if parents could again I have two children, neurodiverse children. So I totally get it. You know, and we, so you, it's sort of like, okay, we've been doing this for like years. It's like, okay, I told you that last year. I thought you got it. Now this year, you don't remember again. It's like, oh my goodness. And so I know that you have real like reactions and human reactions and parents have their own stress levels. Like I totally get it. But, you know, as I told my kids one time, I was, I was overtaxed with one of my roles and, and I just slowed everything down in my life. And I said to them, if I, because I could see that my children weren't getting all that they needed from me in terms of just life. And, mm. and so I sat down with them and I said, if I fail with you, it doesn't matter what I do out there. Right. It doesn't matter how many awards or it doesn't matter. And so to me that I, I want to just encourage parents, if you're listening, like <laughs> work to slow down, it's worth it not to worry about one of those vacations so that you can sit down with your child and figure out what's going on, how they're feeling, how they're feeling not only at home, but how does it feel for that child eight hours a day at school? Do they feel socially isolated? Like what's happening with them? Because it's going to show up, right? It's going to show up in some way. So I just encourage parents, you know, don't, don't think, well, no, I'm just too busy. Or I have my meetings or I have all the things. Those kids, I, and this, maybe this is me and you can tell me, Dr. Echo, if I'm wrong, but they're our priority. Like they yes, are our priority they are. First. Yeah. Our first priority, we are, we are their first teachers. So, um, yes, you're absolutely right. I think we have, to, we have to keep them as our priority. Yeah, we do. And I, and I listen, I, I tell the kids that they are always asking for something. Like, can I be in this? Can I be, can you buy this? Can you? And so we have to, we have to work. I get it. I'm not telling parents to stay home and like bake cookies if that's not what you can do. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that to you, but I'm saying that, like you said earlier, small things, like when you're talking to you, when your child's coming in, they're talking to you, like, stop, 
Like, stop what you're doing. Put the phone down. Like, look at them. You know, what what is going on with you? And you can feel if you're really, you, these are your children, right? You can feel from the soul of them, like, what's going on? Like, maybe something's a little off. You don't know what it is, but right. something may be just a little, just awry with them. Um, right. But you have to slow your own brain down. Um, mm. And then another thing, I, I just, just came to me, Dr. Echo, I think it's also difficult for parents when they too, like maybe they're, maybe they have diagnosed ADHD and their child does as well. Right. You see that like in your practice. And so it's like, I, I got to help them remember, but I don't even remember like, or I have to help them plan, but I'm terrible with organizing, you know? So it's, it kind of doubles. Do you ever see that in your practice where the parent too is diagnosed and they're trying to support their child? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, research shows that statistics show that, 50% of kids with ADHD, their parents have it. Mm-hmm. So there's a genetic component to it. So yeah. And in that case, when that's happening, I always talk to the parents about asking for help. It's not a sign of weakness. I always recommend therapy for the parents or, or like a, an executive skill training for the parents themselves. Because I tell them, your child is watching what you do more than even what you say and so for everybody in the family to get on the same page we all need to ask for help and we all need to get some help so I do address it and that's so critical that we don't because sometimes parents too may not want to admit that they are but for the ones that do yes it's what and even if you see some signs it's just laid out there for them I just laid out there and I say hey Everybody needs help. And then I tell them how I, I have a therapist and uh, there's no shame going no, to therapy. There's not. And and we just need to get the help we need because everybody needs somebody else. So I totally agree with you um, with that. I think one of the things that's interesting when I talk with work with parents with Grace Space um, is there's a, a bent sometimes more towards medicine than other types of therapies. Because the medicine, I think, in some ways provides a really quick fix fix to what's happening. Dr. Echo, how do you guide your patients to be more open to multiple forms, whether it's holistic or it's, I don't know, all the things that I would just love to know how you guide them through that. Because I've found that it's like, Joy, just tell me, should should they take medicine? Like, Joy, just tell me, should, what what should they take? Like, I mean, first of all, I'm not, I'm not a physician, so I'm never going to make that recommendation. I know that it can have its benefits, but also Mm -hmm. that has, for some kids, really terrible side effects. So how do you navigate that conversation with your patients? So the way I approach it is I, I talk to the patients and I tell them I'm not against medicine, but in my experience... We need to look at we need to look at their blood levels or even their iron because low iron can make you be hyperactive. We need to look at really what's going on with your child before we give them medication. And I mean, some people insist and I'm like, OK, can I still look at what's going on with your child while they're on medicine? At least let's correct the easy things we can, because In the case of iron, it's just a matter of putting the kid on iron, right? And then that improves. Vitamin D, same thing. Low vitamin D will cause, can give you symptoms like ADHD. So I'm like, that's, we can correct those things. That will not cost you any money, right? Your insurance will pay for your labs. Let's correct all of these things. So your child is healthy all over, right? Not just the, the one symptom you don't like or we find annoying, which is they can't or they can't focus. Let's let's address your whole child. So that's the way I angle I go at it. 
from. And I talked to them, of course, about the brain and how all of these things affect the brain and ADHD is brain-based. It's not behavior. It comes from here. So I have an um, uh, article that I wrote or a little blog was an article. I always think articles are more just academic. I, I, not this one. This is more of a blog, but I just called it, it's a brain thing. And I think for me, I could probably do just a whole seminar series just explaining that because I, there really is a disconnect. We right. talk about the behavior, the behavior, the behavior, the jumping up, the talking fast, the, all the, the forgetting. But it's, it's like, no, I, I really feel like people, if you hear this brain thing, that you understand it, that you'll, there'll be a, a higher level, as you said, of empathy, because mm -hmm. it's like, no, this is not their fault. Now we can absolutely, I'm not one either, Dr. Echo, of saying, okay, well, it's a brain thing. So you're just, this is what it is forever. No, there are ways that we can support them. As you yeah. said, the neuroplast, all those different things that we can do, but we have to at least start with the, the foundational accurately accurate information about what's happening with that person, whether it's trauma, whether it's ADHD, whether it's autism presenting it. I mean, so many different things. When I work with parents, they'll say, you know, Joy, is it this? Is it this? And I told them it's kind of like a ball. And we, it's, it's all, or entertain, like just all like this. And so we have to start removing variables to determine like, maybe it is this. So we'll take this out or we'll put this in. As you said, let's take out that sugar. Let's add in more God's candy with the blueberries. Let's see what happens with your child for whatever that amount of time as a physician that you would tell them and advise them. But I think a lot of times when, when parents come in, I'm sure it's the same with you as a physician, me as a coach is different because you you have all this phys physicianal training. And so you have a whole nother different level of, of things, but it's the same thing. It's all together. And they're wanting you to just tell them, give me the answer. Mm -hmm. Tell me how to fix this. And I would love to be, if you could fix it in 24 hours or less. And I'm like, <laughs> right. You can't. Oh, no can do. <laughs> oh, it takes a while. And I think sometimes right. when parents come in or maybe the teacher's upset with telling the parent, this is going on. Parents like, I just need... I need my, my, my child's teacher to love them or I want them to have a good experience at school. So I want you to fix this. And, but it's a village. It takes the whole village, right? Yes, it, it does. All I, of it. I, I mean, even with medication, the first one may not work. The second one may not work. The third may not work. That's the thing with ADHD meds, you have no clue what's going to work. So you might spend another few months going from one to the next. So it's always, it's always better to let's, let's take care of the whole child. Not yes. just the one symptom or two symptoms that we're trying to fix. I love that, Dr. Echo. So <laughs> listen, y'all, those of you who are listening to me in your car and all the things, Dr. Echo's going to be, on. she is so much. There's, there's no way. I feel like I would, my ADHD would spin out today if I tried to talk to her about everything that's on my brain and all of her expertise and all the ways that I think we connect. So she will definitely be back on creating space. That's if you want to. I mean, I, I, I would love to be back, of course. What do you mean if I want? Like, I feel like I've spoken for you, like, like you're on, like I've you know, employed you or something, but <laughs> I, I would love to have you back because there's, there's so many things I think that we can just tease out. I'd love to talk more even just about the nutrition alone, providing parents with very specific guidelines about that. Um, and so that they could have the concrete, because I think a lot of times people will provide information, but it's right. so high level. And it's like, well, just tell me, give me an example. And so I'd love to have you back that and maybe like 12 other topics. So don't forget people, <laughs> don't forget Dr. Echo has a new book coming out and it's going to be released on June 25th. Dr. Echo, what, what ways are, can they purchase the book? Is it, I know Amazon's one of them Will you have other ways that they can purchase the book. Yeah, it will be on my website, which is glowpediatrics.com. So, yes, as well. 
And I will, um, I will have all this information on Dr. Echo as well, but the name of her book is Children's Love Letters. Oh, when I hear that, it just, it feels like water to my soul. Like, because I think for them, for as parents or from, I can only, maybe I'll speak for me, but I think I know a lot of parents, we want our children to be well. We want them to be emotionally well. We want them to be physically well, because when they're not, we're off, you know, we're not well either. So Yes. There's so I, I think you're really going to enjoy um, Dr. Echo's book, and so you're I mean, you're going to have her website, Amazon, if she, all the places to get it, and we're yes. going to love having her back uh, later on a later date. She's so busy, y'all. Like it took me three years to get this this particular three whole <laughs> years. I'm telling you, she's so busy. Yes, I'm honored. Oh my goodness, that you have um, spent some time with us today, and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing all of your information, Dr. Echo, with, with the Grace Space community. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I so enjoyed this. Thank you, everyone listening. And you have an amazing jewel. So listen to her. Thank you, Dr. Echo.